All right. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Moms, you keep us dancing. Absolutely. Uh, some words of encouragement today brought to you by uh, this young boy named Kid President uh, is his name, and he's got some good words to share. Good morning once again uh, to all of you down here, to all of you up there uh, as well. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms out there, to all the grandmas, to all the aunts, to all the, the mother figures. Today is a day that we celebrate at Hope, not just uh, the moms, but uh, all the women uh, that are part of our community here. We are so thankful uh, for you as well. And gentlemen, just so you know, this is your final reminder. Stop the procrastinating. It's go time. Uh, there's a Walgreens down the street. There's a price chopper down there. They got flowers, chocolate, whatever you need uh, down there uh, as well. So I just want to encourage you, uh, no matter if you are a parent uh, today, if you, don't, if you do have kids if you in the home, if you don't have kids, uh, if you're single, if you're grandparents, uh, if you're empty nesters, uh, kids that have grown up and moved out of the home, uh, not to simply check out and assume uh, that this service is not for you. Some of you think, oh, you know, it's Mother's Day. I'm just going to kind of check out uh, and do my thing. Uh, this service is for you uh, as well, because although we are a very diverse group today, uh, a pretty large crowd that has a lot of different stories uh, and backgrounds, a lot of different stories when it comes to the moms in our lives. Some of you are sitting next to your mom today, and that's awesome. Give them a big hug or a kiss right now, just in public. Just give them a big hug. Uh, give them a squeeze. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can clap for them. Absolutely. Um, and at the same time, this is a difficult day uh, for some of you as well. And although we are a very diverse crowd, the one thing that we all have in common this morning is that we all have moms. We are all sons and daughters, not just of earthly parents, but of a heavenly parent, of a heavenly father as well. And so I also want to acknowledge, uh, before we dive into things today, I want to acknowledge that for many of you, today is not necessarily a day of celebration. And so I want to say a word to those of you, specifically women here today, that maybe wish that you were moms, uh, those of you who are sitting here today, and today's a little bit lonely because you've lost your mom. Or maybe you're, as a mom, you've tragically lost a child. Those of you that are maybe just at the end of your rope with the kids that you do have, and they're driving you insane. Uh, some of you have experienced the pain uh, and the heartache of, of trying to be a mom. Uh, and for those that... Um, that maybe today there's a lot of difficulty and a lot of stress. There's maybe tension in that relationship, or you can't remember the last time that you talked to your mom. I want to thank all of you women for being here today. Guys, we're glad you're here too, but today's not about you, so get over it. Um, ladies, we're really glad that you're here. For a lot of you, you got out of bed this morning, and this is the last place you wanted to be because you're going to come and we're going to sing happy, cheery songs. And the pastor is going to give this rah-rah sermon about moms and all that. And you're like, that's ah, not how I feel today. I just want to acknowledge that for a lot of you, it took courage to be here today. And I want you to, to know that it's okay to not be okay. I think that's something that maybe we don't say enough in church. Sometimes when you think, oh, I'm going I'm to go to church. i got to put my church face on. Just letting you know this morning that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And you are deeply loved, and you are seen by God. And the truth is that first and foremost, before any of you are mothers or mother figures, you are his child. Women, you are all his children, deeply loved and valued. And because of that, I want you to know today to never underestimate what God can do. Whenever the Holy Spirit's around, which he is this morning Healing is available in his presence. Forgiveness is available in his presence. 
Maybe the Holy Spirit is going to move in your heart this morning and, and you'll realize that reconciliation, coming back together, is available in his presence. Making that phone call, sending that text, writing that letter, whatever, whatever it is. And I, this may sound crazy, but even joy is available in the presence of the Holy Spirit today. Joy. And some of you are like, joy, John, this isn't a day filled with joy at all. This is a really, really hard day for me. It's Mother's Day, depending on what your circumstances are. And that would be true. I would be crazy if I was talking about happiness. Because happiness is based on whatever life throws our way. But joy is something deeper. And I'm talking about the kind of deep down in the, in the core of your being kind of joy. The kind of joy that is not completely dependent on our circumstances, but is only dependent on Jesus Christ, who declares to you today that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so no matter what your past is like with your mom, what that relationship is like currently, or what it's going to be like in the future and your fear and apprehension of that, Jesus Christ calls you his daughter today, and he rejoices over you with singing. And the scripture also says that we are called to let the joy of the Lord be our strength. I don't think we think about that enough, but the joy of the Lord to be our strength. And so it's okay to laugh uh, a little bit. Anybody, any, any of you like to laugh? Anybody? Okay, four of you. Good. The rest of you? <laughs> Clearly you're at a Lutheran church because there's four people that like to laugh. Well, okay. So kid president uh, a little bit, but on a more personal note, uh, this one was fun. Our kids go to our Hope Downtown preschool here. Uh, during the week, and our five-year-old Caleb, uh, they fill out these sheets all about my mom. Have you seen these sheets? Maybe your kid brought one of these home from school, uh, or your grandchild uh, did, and so they, they fill in the blank, and so the teacher filled it out for him so we could read it, but he tells them what to fill in the blank, and so there's a variety of questions here, um, and so we got this one right. My mom's name is Tiffany, so that's good, uh, and then we kind of go downhill from there. Um, <clears throat> my mom is fill-in-the-blank years old, 67 years old, so... <laughs> Now, that's a great age. Some of you, are, that's an amazing age. Not my wife. Um, here's the next one, uh, and, and he'll make up for it here. My mom weighs blank pounds. So this is kind of a tricky one. 60, 60 pounds. So 67 years old, he loves 60s for some reason. Uh, now you may start to sense the theme. My mommy's job, so she works here at the church with us. Uh, my mommy's job is to help me clean up, uh, he says. Um, what my mom likes to do in her free time, clean up, okay? My mommy is really good at helping me clean up. So that's that there. Uh, he breaks it up a little bit. My favorite meal that my mommy makes is cupcakes and cookies. Um, that is not a normal meal at the Anderson House, I will tell you that. Uh, my mom always says, I love you. So he made up for it there. That's good. Okay. I love to, uh, what favorite thing to do with my mom is play at parks. I love my mom because I love her. So that's good. And last but not least, just to round it out, my mom loves me because I help her clean up. So that's Caleb's <laughs> all about my mom there uh, for Caleb. So, oh, child, so close and yet so far away. Uh, he has so much to learn. I think God knew what he was doing when he gave kids a sense of humor because he knew uh, that as adults, we would lose it sometimes, right? We forget about it. And, and then the, the joy just kind of leaves. You know, we sing the song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay, except it doesn't. 
all the time, right? Especially on Mother's Day, it may not feel that way necessarily. And so God gave kids a sense of humor because we forget to have joy sometimes. Being a mom is not easy. It takes a special kind of heart. It takes a heart full of grace and strength and courage and wisdom. And thank God that that is the heart that he has put inside not just every mom, but every single woman. Every single woman that's here today that's hearing my voice, God has put this kind of a heart inside of you. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that this morning, into Proverbs 31 that you heard Rashonda read for us this morning. Proverbs 31. So if you have your Bibles, open it up. There's extra Bibles in the back if you want to grab those, or you can pull it out on your Bible app on your phone. So Proverbs 31. Some of you have, have heard this uh, before, and uh, some of your Bibles have titles over the section. Some of them don't. Uh, some of the titles for this are a, a wife of noble character. <clears throat> some of uh, you know may say a, a virtuous woman or something like that. So okay, this is kind of a sensitive topic uh, today. And so I was talking with several women this week inside the church, just because that's a good thing to do, because I'm not a woman, and so I just wanted to get a little bit of insight on today's uh, message, and, and I told them, uh, hey, I'm preaching on Proverbs 31, and, and being a Proverbs 31 woman today uh, in, in, the, in the sermon, and there was about three of the 50 women that I talked to, I feel like, this week that said, oh, that's great, I love Proverbs uh, 31, uh, some loved it, but can you guess the response that I got from about 95% of the women on, when I told them what I was preaching on today, this is the response that I got. Oh, really? Oh, even my own wife. Oh, geez. So when, your own, when you're the pastor and your own wife says, oh, geez, at a sermon, one woman I said, uh, even said, every time that I hear be a Proverbs 31 woman, something inside of me cringes, okay? Not normally what I'm going for during my sermons is to make all the ladies cringe. That's not, not my goal, uh, nor is it uh, today. So I realized I needed to do a little digging because maybe I was sitting on a landmine here. And maybe there's some assumptions about what this text means that we need to debunk and demyth a little bit today. And so I did a little digging in case you need a recap. Uh, Proverbs 31 is a poem. It was written a long, long time uh, ago, as a lot of the Proverbs were. Proverbs 31 is in the Old Testament, and there's this, this standard of a woman. There's this hypothetical woman that Proverbs talks about that is skillful in a lot of different things. Actually, scratch that. She's skillful in everything. Just according to the chapter, here's just a snapshot, just a high-level snapshot of what this woman does. Uh, she wakes up super early. She has great biceps and triceps. She buys property. She wears a lot of purple. She cares for her kids. She cares for the poor. She keeps her home warm at night. She is a Pinterest queen. She doesn't eat carbs, and she's best friends with Joanna Gaines. It's all in there, uh, ladies, uh, amazingly. It's all right there. You can read it. I, it's, that's my version of it, at least, but that's just a snapshot. And so after reading it, though, the frustrations that a lot of women have with it started to make sense. Specifically, ladies, for some of you, I get, and what I hear is that this was taught to you, this list of this virtuous woman was taught to you as some sort of measuring stick or barometer that you need to live up to. And if, that, if this passage doesn't perfectly describe you, then somehow... Oh my word, you're not a godly woman. Which would be very, very confusing for a lot of women, including a lot of you that are here today, specifically if you are not married, if you don't have kids, if you don't have an immaculate household, or you don't happen to have a perfect work-life balance, just to name a few. And unfortunately, in many circles, this passage has been twisted and laid upon women as this burden, as this baggage to be some sort of unattainable picture of what a Christian woman is should be. 
Instead, as you dig a little bit deeper, there's a couple key elements here, a couple key truths that I think are going to take a lot of the misunderstanding away in ladies and hopefully free you up this morning. The first one is this, and this may just shatter everything for you. Proverbs 31 was not written to women. Dudes, it was written to you. What? Yes, absolutely. Proverbs 31, if you look back at the beginning, the very, we started at verse 10 and 11 in that area. Look back to verse 1. It starts out, my son. And the reason it starts out, my son, is that this is written to King Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lives. It was written to his son by his mother. It was written to men from women so that they would be wise. Guys, I told you to hang with me today. This one's for you, right? It starts off addressed to a son. And so, in fact, in Jewish culture, men were taught passages like this from the Proverbs or some of these that kind of read like a psalm, and they would use psalms and Proverbs. And the night before Sabbath, which Jews take very, very seriously, and so they would cook and they would clean and they would prepare the house. And then the night before Sabbath, they would light all the candles and the whole family would sit around. And the man would take Proverbs 31 and he would sing it as a blessing over the woman in his life. Not saying, you need to do all these things, but I love you and I'm blessing you. I know that you're not perfect and me and God are delighting in you because you are this kind of woman. That's who God has made you. That's who you already are. That's what Proverbs 31 was used as, historically. Men would kind of do this Jewish chant, this song, and sing it over their wives. So men, if you haven't got your Father's Day gift yet, look it up on YouTube, and you're going to be chanting over your wife tonight. Just kind of, that's a, a little tip here from the sermon. So that's number one. This is not written to women as a laundry list of things that you need to measure up to. It's written to men as a way to bless the women in your life. And secondly, if you think that this is kind of the one-size-fits-all picture of women, as you look throughout Scripture, the good news, ladies, is this. Biblical womanhood is extremely diverse. You think about from Ruth to Deborah, from Esther to Mary, even the Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? They are young. They are old. They are married. They are single. They are widowed. Some are very confident and further along in their faith. Some of them are just starting. The one thing that all of these women, including the woman that's described here in Proverbs 31, have in common, they operated with wisdom. That has nothing to do with your season of life. That has nothing to do with your marriage status or the mistakes that you've made in the past. You operate with wisdom. Here's what all of these biblical women have in common. They did what God had told them to do without changing who they were. They lived authentically into who God had called them to be. In other words, I don't want you to miss this, ladies, this morning. Godliness as a woman isn't conforming to some one-size-fits-all mold that you see on television or in the movies or in a magazine ad. Godliness as a woman is courageously pursuing God and conforming to who he created you to be. And that calling, hear me say this, takes some women into the workplace. It takes others into their home. It takes other women like my wife into the home and into the workplace. And that's because, I want you to, don't miss this this morning, every mom is a working mom. Amen? Guys, amen? Amen. Amen. I want to make sure you're with me. Amen, right? 
Every mom is a working mom because hear me say this, every calling matters. Every calling matters, as diverse as it might be. And so our standard, ladies, your standard to conform to has never been and should never be another woman or an image of a woman. Our standard, your standard, is always looking more and more like Jesus. Amen? That's what Proverbs 31 is about. In fact, this might blow your mind even more. Look back at verse 1. It says this, A wife of noble character, or other translations say an excellent wife or an excellent woman, who can find? A much better translation of that from the original Hebrew that Proverbs was written in is the Hebrew word eshet ha'il. Everybody say eshet ha'il. Now say ha'il. Now brush off your neighbor's shoulder with your spit on them, right? It's fun to say uh, Hebrew words like that. What does Ashet Hayil mean? A woman of valor. A woman of valor. I dug a little bit deeper. What does valor mean? Bravery. Courage. Audacity. Boldness. I like this one. Backbone. Spirit. Now that sounds a little bit more like a lot of the women that I know. Now ladies, depending on your church background or what you were taught a Christian woman should be growing up or whatever your image of a church lady is, why don't you go back to God's word today and let that be a blessing to you. What is being described here in Proverbs 31 is not a busybody, just for the sake of being busy. It's not a woman who lacks purpose. It's not some passive Woman that doesn't have a direction and a purpose in life. She is a skilled, professional businesswoman. She's not also a pushover, but she's also not a woman that needs to prove that she's strong and she's tough just to make a point or prove her worth or to push against some sort of insecurity that she has as a woman that she's not enough. That's inauthentic. And why does she not need to prove anything? Verse 30, because she fears the Lord. That's where her confidence comes from. Women of God don't, aren't super confident and they're not puffing themselves up saying, I'm so confident in myself because I've got it all together. They're saying, I'm not confident in myself. I'm confident in the Lord because her identity is not in what she does. It's in who she is. And that's a daughter of the king. She is a child of God. And so instead of me trying to describe to you on this Mother's Day what it means to be a woman of valor, I wanted you to actually hear it from some of our own today. And so last week, uh, I invited uh, here into the facility uh, five of our awesome moms uh, at Hope Des Moines. And what I love about these moms is that they're at all different stages. Some of them have uh, young kids just about a month or so ago. Some of them have elementary age kids. Some of them have kids in high school or college that are graduating. Some of them have kids that have grown up and moved out of the home and move back in and move back out, and and all the things that come with that have grown children as well. And so we filmed a series of short videos here that I want to bless you with. We just had a roundtable kind of dining room conversation about the ups and downs of being a mom and what we can learn about being women of valor. And I believe that God gave them some powerful words of wisdom, not just for the moms here today, but for all of us. And so, gentlemen, I would listen up as well as we learn to bless and nurture the women in our own lives. Let's take a look. Uh, I'm Jen Dar. I uh, have one daughter. Um, her name is Iris, um, and um, I'm a proud mom of a, a young woman who will be graduating uh, this year. Thanks, Jen. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Sally Gare. I have a husband, Steve. Been married 30, coming on 34 years. Oh, awesome. 30 year old son named Jacob. Single, very available. <laughs> <laughs> nice Christian young man. <laughs> Has a good job, knows a home. And a 28 year old daughter, Margaret, awesome. who lives at home with us. Awesome. Thanks, Sally. I'm Kim Green. My husband is Ed. We've been married for 32 years. Nice. Uh, we have two kids, 24, 28. Um, both are married, and we have one granddaughter who turned three yesterday. Awesome. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, I'm Jenna Madison, and I'm married to Aaron, and we have, as of a month ago, three children. Uh, mm -hmm. Sam is six in his first year of school, and Ollie has just turned four last month, and then baby Ada arrived a month and a few days ago. So, awesome. now a family of five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. And I'm Jenny Barker, and I have a daughter, Maya, who's turning four next month. Wow. <laughs> Let's start on a high note, uh, because I think God created parents. One of the big reasons is so we could experience the joy of being parents uh, and everything that comes with that. So would anyone want to jump in? My first question is, uh, what's one of the joys of motherhood for you? It could be something that maybe happened a long time ago or more recently. What's just one of the big things that pops into your head about the, the joys of being a mom? In general, just to see the love, to see your children show love to others um, when they get to that age where they can reciprocate that love to mm -hmm. you as parents, um, but then to watch them with each other if mm -hmm. they're a sibling. Um, so with Sam and Ollie, that's been so neat to see over the last few years, um, them develop that bond. With Maya, it's just every day she comes home with like some new adventure mm -hmm. or some new experience. and. Like her imagination is just, I'm like, how do you think of those things? <laughs> but it's amazing and it's just like, just the things that I'm just giggle and laugh and it's just like, this is amazing just to see you blossom. And I think that continues as they're adults to mm. see them growing as adults, <laughs> um, making their own choices. And uh, when they make good ones, you right. <laughs> that brings joy, especially yeah. to yeah. see them serving the Lord when they choose that. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. that some of the joy for me, I mean, there's been so many stages in seeing the growth, um, either in a, a mature, emotional, or spiritual way. Yeah. What are some of the struggles that come with motherhood? Seeing them make choices that you know um, will lead to consequences or cause difficulty down the road. Finding that it's okay to be where I'm at, like that I'm absolutely gonna fail my child at some point but she's gonna give me grace just like God is and um, and just knowing that it's totally fine and I can ask for help and it doesn't mean that I'm less than right. um, and it's okay not to have all the answers what are some things that you've learned about God about the heart of God and his character that maybe you didn't know before you became a parent what is it about motherhood that you've learned or that you're, it's never ending, but you're continuing to learn. What has that taught you about the heart of God? Just the depth of love that he must have for us um, as we go through life and make good and less than ideal decisions and wander away and just that path that we take. Um, but how much he must love us because we know the love we have for our children. And when you think yeah. of that, like, um, even if they disobey, right. or even exactly. if it's outright defiant, <laughs> or choices different than what we've taught. Yeah. I do that to God all the time, and mm -hmm. he loves me anyway. Mm -hmm. I, 
even if they make choices that we disagree with does not mean we don't love them mm-hmm. and yeah. in the same way God loves us. Right, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and I think yeah. he, he loves us so much um, that he's taught me to depend on him. He's got mm-hmm. this, it's yeah. not mine. Mm-hmm. He's the one in charge of my children, mm-hmm. I'm not. I didn't really have much of a relationship with Christ, like really before I became a mom. I definitely mm-hmm. walked into these doors being like, I need some help with this. <laughs> and like, I'm like, my girlfriends are giving me bad advice. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I could only go so far with friends. And then you're right. like, I need Christ. Um, yeah. So I think that through my child, I've experienced more of seeing God work in my life through her. So many pearls uh, of wisdom there, but I can't help but think, could it actually be, parents, specifically for you today, moms and dads alike, could it be that the task, in, in, in that task of raising and refining our children, that God is actually raising and refining us? That maybe we wouldn't rush through every stage of parenting so quickly and wish that we were moving on to the next stage so quickly if we knew it wasn't just about their development, but how God is developing us, no matter how old your kids are. But as the ladies also alluded to, it doesn't take long to listen to the heart of a mom and you can hear the heart of God. I mean, all throughout Scripture, over and over and over again, God is referred to in a, in a fatherly sense, yes, but also a motherly sense, in the way that he loves and nurtures and cares and protects and fights for us as his children. And yet, even in our best attempts, even though as parents we're supposed to be carrying out the image of God as an earthly parent to our earthly children, even in our best attempts, we will fall short. We will hurt our children. And for some of you, maybe that's what you need to hear today. If there's still tension or difficulty or animosity between you and your parents, has that ever dawned on you that they were hurt and wounded by their parents as well? That this side of heaven, that there is no perfect parent, and that as followers of Jesus, we have the opportunity to offer grace and forgiveness even to those that have hurt us the most. God has given you the heart, his heart, his image put on you so that you could bring that to the world around you. And yet even in our best attempts as parents, we'll fall short. We, we get distracted. We, we take time with our family for granted. We get distracted by less important things. And so the next question that I I asked the panel is, I thought it might be interesting to ask some of the women that are maybe a little bit farther along on their journey, if you could give wisdom to your younger self. You know, those of you that are moms in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and beyond, what would you say to yourself when you first had children? What would be some words of wisdom that you would give, not just about motherhood, but just about life in general and about faith? Because sometimes I think when we can step back and look at our life from a distance, having lived a while, all of a sudden, we're given this wisdom that maybe we don't see when you're in it. I've, as a young parent myself, I've heard this over and over again, people ex- giving us these words of wisdom, that as young parents, the days are short. Excuse me, the days are long. The days are really long. It's the years that are short. The days are long and, and the years are short. And so even though you may not think you can make it through the day or through the week, man, do those years go by quickly. And maybe some of the things that we thought were so important, young parents, Maybe we can learn some from these moms that are a little bit further down on the journey. Let's take a look. 
if you could speak to your younger self, what would you say to your younger self to encourage them or to say, this matters, this doesn't matter? What are some things that come to mind? Yeah. That's what I would filter it through is, yeah. does this matter? And it's easy to fall into that. Um, I have to get this done. I don't have time for that right now. Well, yeah. and take time for yourself. I think that's hard yeah. when, when you're a young mother to feel like you're worth having time for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. So make sure you take time, even if it's just taking a walk and listening mm -hmm. to the birds. Don't compare yeah, yourself absolutely. to other moms, mm -hmm. um, to other people who, who may be in your stage of life, mm -hmm. um, you know, that we're all uniquely made and have unique circumstances. And yeah, um, yeah. and so it should just to spend more time with God and um, let him work through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons uh, that you're all here is because you're all involved in some way in our church uh, in Hope Des Moines. And you have been all at various seasons as you've your families have grown and changed and kids have moved away and maybe moved back or moved out again or different seasons. Uh, yet your faith has remained active. What is it about all of your individual, your faith in God and your walk with God that you would say is so essential to being a mom. You have to find where, what God has for you and where to serve and where that best is versus going, well, this looks like a great thing and there's a need there. Well, you know what, if you take that need and that's not your place, you're you're not leaving that open for somebody that God has to put in there. Yeah. I think I had to figure that out too, you know, when yeah. your kids are all like, they need help there, I should help in their classroom. Mm -hmm. and, I, right. and I did some in my own kids' classrooms, but it's yeah. that finding your gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think also if we say uh, our faith is the foundation of the decisions that we make or um, the things we're involved in, then it's also important for them to see that we take that seriously, whether it's our um, quiet time at home or um, worshiping or serving at church. And then as they get older, serving with us, my yeah. thing is more serving food and meals mm -hmm. and yeah. you know they don't have to be very old before they can mm -hmm. help with that a little bit you know coming from before I served I really didn't have faith and if I prayed to God help me you know tell me what I need to do today help me raise her I'm frustrated I'm empty and I never felt like I could hear him and then serving mm -hmm. and it just it brought my relationship so much closer so when I'm in the car and I'm just like Lord help me like I can feel that he's saying, like, you're not a single mom, like, I'm yeah. here, I'm with you. Yeah. And I only got that by practicing my faith and serving and getting active. You know what? I tried momming without God, and it was mm -hmm. tough. Because <laughs> yeah. being a mom's tough, even when you have God with you, right? Like, yeah. you know it when you have that close relationship. But I, I tried doing it my way without uh, seeking God's help in it, and it was really, really hard. And I wouldn't want to do it that way ever yeah. again. And so it's so much... Um, it's not easy to be a mom when you're walking with God, um, but he sure takes, he, he lightens it. So many good pieces of advice there, particularly two ideas that I want to call out and highlight for all of us today. Not just good advice for moms or parents, but really for all of us. And the first one that you heard them talking about coming up over and over again is to have that relationship with God at the center of your life, is to stay connected to the source. 
There is not a, a mom or a parent that I know that doesn't pour out, that doesn't give so much of themselves, that isn't constantly tending to the needs of their children or their spouse or, or work or uh, friends and building community or serving here at the church. And you are constantly spending your time and your energy. And yeah, you maybe start, you know, pretty filled up or at least half filled up, but you're just constantly pouring out. Anybody want to get baptized? You guys sat close up here. Here we go. And you're just constantly pouring out your time and your energy and your money and your resources constantly. And the problem is, is that you pour that out to everybody and then you wake up the next day and you realize, oh man, I'm empty. And moms, I know there's a lot of you here today that probably feel like you're running on empty. The greatest thing you want for Mother's Day isn't flowers or chocolate. You want a nap. All right? Amen? All right. Three of you at least. Okay. You're empty, and, you, and, and, and you're running dry, and that's because there's got to be something that's filling you back up. Trying to be a mom without Jesus at the center of your life is like not putting any gas in your car, getting behind it, and trying to push it up a hill. That's not the way it was meant to be. You were run, meant to run on the fuel of God. There's not a mom that I know that doesn't want to give their very best. There's not a woman that I know that doesn't want to give their very best. And Jesus is standing here to you today with a gift, <laughs> And it's not, a, it's not something to add to your to-do list. It's, it's a gift that he wants to give you, and it's the gift of, of rest and strength and endurance. Jesus is actually holding out this gift to all of us today, just like your parents hold out a gift for you on Christmas morning. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's not an agenda item on your to-do list. You either take the gift and receive it and let it bless you, or you don't. So moms, dads, Families, friends, Jesus is holding out the gift to you today of, of Sabbath, of taking a day off, not just once a year on Mother's Day and going out for brunch and saying, can't wait till next year. Every single week, you get a free day every single week to let God bless you, to worship every single week together as a family, to bless your mom, to step out of isolation and step into community. There's got to be a way, ladies, that you're staying filled up constantly. Jesus has some great encouraging words for us in John chapter 7. Let's read this together. To stay connected to the source, Jesus says this, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Man, can you imagine getting so filled up with God's love and his spirit and his rest that you're actually working from a state of rest rather than resting from a state of burnout? What would it look like to work out of a state of rest rather than resting from a state of work, of constantly running on the treadmill? Jesus says, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. I can fill you up. You don't have to run on empty. And this water, Jesus says, I'm, it's going to fill you up more than that Instagram post. It's going to fill you up more than how many likes you get on Facebook. It's going to fill you up more than if, you have the, if you're the perfect image of a woman that all the guys say that they want. Jesus says, my water, my well. Because women, you're going to run to a lot of different wells. And our world and our culture is going to tell you to run here and run there and run there to get filled up. And you're going to keep running to those wells. And some of you are running to wells today that are never going to satisfy you. And Jesus says, I'm the living water. I can fill you up. And when you drink of me, it's going to satisfy your soul. Even if the kids are driving you crazy. Even if your boss at work is driving you crazy. I can satisfy your soul. So stay connected to the source. Let him fill you up. 
The second thing that I hear in this, what the women are saying today is this, is to play your part, as a couple of them said, to find your role. Everybody say, play your part. Play your part. And this is not just for the ladies today, it's for all of us. One of the things that I appreciate about all these moms is instead of letting motherhood sort of pull them away from serving God, they actually discovered that putting their faith into action is actually essential to being a mom. And so instead of comparing themselves to other women around them, they've asked the all-important question, God, what's my part to play in the church? God, what are you calling me to do in this season? And that might look different, ladies, depending on what season of life you're in, but motherhood didn't actually pull them away from the body of Christ. It actually reminded them that they need to be connected even more. I loved, I loved what Jenny said. I can't do this by myself. I need help, right? It's okay to admit you need help. And sometimes, ladies, men, the thing that we need the most is what we push away, and that's community. And that's relationships. Sometimes when we're going through a difficult time in our lives, we push away what we need the most, and it's help. Not just from those sitting around you today, but from your heavenly Father. So play your part. These women that you see here and many other women in our church lead us in worship. They lead our groups. They teach classes. They have started ministries here at the church. They lead teams. They have spoken and preached and taught from the front. And hear me say this. We are a better and more effective church for the kingdom of God because women have stepped into their calling of leadership at this church. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. Let's give God praise for them. Absolutely. You bet. So women, those of you that lead, that teach, that lead teams, that have started things, we see you, you are valued, and women, we want you to all know today that you are needed. And I love that there are dozens of young girls in this church, those that hope kids right now, those sitting with you here today, my own daughter. I love that my young girl is growing up in a church where she can look and she can see women stepping into their role, their calling specifically of leadership. I would never say to my little girl, no, sorry, honey, you can't do that. God, you know, God's placed this boldness and this courage and this audacity in your heart to be a woman of valor, but sorry, that's not for you. I'm so glad that she's growing up in a church where she can look around and see in the eyes of other women. You have what it takes. You can do this. I'm not going to hide in my insecurities as a woman. I'm going to step out and I'm going to engage and step into the calling that God has for me, even if it feels a little vulnerable, even if I didn't see my mom do that. That's what I'm going to step into, regardless of whatever a church woman has been for you in the past, step into that. And so finally, we learned that we need to stay connected to the source. We need to play our part. And I went back to the panel one last time and I said, give me one more piece of wisdom. Give me one more piece of advice for not just moms, for women, but for all of us today. Let's take a look. We always want to take these opportunities to not just lift up moms, but all women. And knowing that you are all women, uh, I, think, I think that it would be awesome if you could share just some words of encouragement for all the women that are here today that are watching this. Um, what do they need to hear? Just to be who you are, wherever you are, at whatever stage you're at. And um, and maybe as a challenge, I guess, just taking the time or the time to just think about what your gifts are, where maybe um, God's taken you um, throughout your life and, uh, and what that could look like. 
Yeah, I think God created you specifically for a purpose, and you're uniquely you in your eyes, and you don't mm -hmm. want to be like anybody else. Yeah. And the Bible says He rejoices over you with singing. Mm -hmm. In yeah. Zephaniah 3.17, He rejoices over you with singing. So when everybody else in your house is against you, <laughs> or at work, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. God is still on your side. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's easy, but mm -hmm. He is on our side. If you're new in your walk or you're new to this church, um, don't let the fear of the unknown and what's ahead of you um, keep you from doing something. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I was vulnerable enough to ask for prayer here. Yeah. And it was a lot. Like, I was just like, that means I don't have it all together. Yeah. I need help. Single moms, they're a rock for sure. But, you know, so can be your faith. And um, if you don't believe that, if I tell you, you're a good mom, you're doing awesome. Like, you got it, you're serving your family, you're, you're doing it. Yeah. If you don't believe that, just pray it. You're a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are doing awesome. If I could leave you with anything today, specifically, Moms of any age that are here today, please receive the grace that God wants to give you today. The one thing I know about the moms that I know, my mom, my wife, the grandmas in our family, the women that I know in this church, you are absolutely incredible at giving grace to everybody. Accept yourself. And sometimes the per person that you're hardest on in the whole world is you. Still asking the question that not just moms, but all women are asking. Am I enough? <laughs> Am I enough? I, I so desperately want to be good at this thing. And God wants you to hear today. You are a great mom. You are a great mom, and you are enough, not in your own strength, but because he is strong for you. I want you to hear this verse spoken over your life today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, hear your heavenly Father declare over you today, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This was never about you being good enough. Proverbs 31 was never about you measuring up. God's desire is that you would know it's when you are weak that he is exceedingly strong for you. That's when he shines the best, is when you're at the end of it, when you've got nothing left to give. That's when God is glorified the most in your life. When you say, I can't be everything I need to be in this world. And God says, I know, so let me carry you. Not just once a day as we lift you up on Mother's Day. Every single day, God celebrates you and he rejoices over you with singing. God's gift to you today is relief. Men, get them flowers and get them chocolate and get them a massage. 
but remind them, most importantly, of what Jesus has done on that cross. That he's taken their guilt over not being a good enough mom. That he's taken your shame over mistakes that you've made in the past. And in exchange today, he offers you his love. His love is for you. In fact, there was a group of moms that were surveyed, hundreds of moms, all different ages and seasons, and they were asked this question, if you could have your child believe anything. No, I mean truly believe it. Not just hear it like, yeah, mom, I know you love me. If you could have your child believe anything and know anything, just one thing, what would it be? And so I pared it all down. I wanted to share a few of the top answers with you. A lot of women said this, that nothing will ever change my love for them. A lot of women said that they don't need to worry about measuring up to others. Only be themselves. A lot of moms said that I want them to know that every moment of discipline was rooted in a longing for them to be mature and complete. I love this one. When you came home after being out late and you thought I was asleep, I was totally awake, totally awake, worrying about you. Busted, right? And finally, I always have more grace for you than you can imagine. And I know maybe moms that a lot of those resonate with you today, but I want you to clear your mind for a second, and not just moms, but all of us today, reread the list as if God is speaking to you as his child. This is for all of us. Hear God say to you this morning, there's nothing that could ever change my love for you. You don't need to worry about measuring up to others, only be yourself. That every moment of discipline that God brings into your life is a longing for you to be mature and complete. And you better believe God stays awake waiting for you to get home. And finally, God says to you, I've always had and will always have more grace for you than you could ever imagine. God's love for you is like a mother's love today. Fierce, passionate, courageous, bold, you might say even reckless. And so we're going to end today with this song of God's reckless love for us. It doesn't mean that it's out of control. It means that it's wild, like a mother's love for her kids. This love is for you, and God declares this love over all of us today. So let's stand and let's worship together the love that God has for us.